What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey. And uh, before we get into our guest today, our incredible guest, check out my website for everything that I have going on, other episodes over the last two and a half years from the Championship Leadership Podcast, different coaching programs and experiences that I have at natebailey.org. Today's guest, Garland Vance. It was, uh, it was, it was fun connecting with Garland. I had a great conversation. Uh, you can find out more about his book, Getting Unbusy at gettingunbusy.com. We'll have that linked up for you as well, but talked about him and, and what he's up to and, and, and how he works with corporations and executives around life and leadership. And it's just a fun conversation to hear his journey. So with that, I want to introduce you to Garland Vance. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership. I'm excited we got Garland Vance here with us today. Thank you, Garland from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Appreciate you being yeah. here. Nate, super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first question I'd like to ask just to kind of get the conversation going is championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you? What does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Yeah, so, um, so whenever I think about championship, I think there's, there's two ways you can think about it. One is my, I earned a championship against other people versus yeah. I won a championship against my own self and my potential. So I tend to uh, enjoy the self-competition side of things more. So to me, championship leadership is that I'm consistently pushing myself to be the best person and the best leader that I can be, and then expecting the same from those who I lead. Yeah, I love that. Um, I talk often about you know, championship leadership being very, you know, less about yourself and more about the, the team and the people that, that you are leading. So absolutely. Yeah. What's a, I know you have a, a deep background in, in leadership and, and that's really kind of your space is, is leadership training, consulting and, and everything else that you got going on. But, but maybe, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about you and, and the path that you've been on in your life and how that's led you to what it is that you're up to today. Yeah, so I spent um, 15 years with 
uh, a little chicken restaurant called Chick-fil-A. I was actually on their, their nonprofit side. Uh, Chick-fil-A has three nonprofits and I was uh, part of their flagship. Um, and I, I was able to very early in my career take a 20-year-old a, a program that had been in existence, but that really wasn't going anywhere and to create new mission, new vision, new values, new programming. And it ended up being a four-year leadership development program that uh, my wife and I and our staff was able to, to create. Um, so did that for 15 years and then um, stepped away from there and ended up earning a doctorate in leadership. And uh, while I was doing that, I um, ended up focusing on busyness, which is part of what we'll talk about here, uh, busyness and leaders and what it's actually doing to us. And then um, ended up starting my own company uh, in 2017 called Advanced Leadership um, that focuses on helping leaders uh, live and lead with purpose, productivity, and peace. And so it's been a fun, uh, been a fun journey. I love love leaders, and I love leaders who are hungry to to grow and to learn and to to like I said earlier, be the best they can be. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and kind of a little background on and on where you've been and what you've been up to. What where does that come from? Where where does the the drive to be to help grow other leaders, to help uh, other people become advanced, right? Advanced leadership, how to help them advance inside of being the, le- the greatest leader that they can be. And, and then also like, yeah, what does that tie into the, the first book? I know you're working on a second book, but uh, you get your first book getting unbusy, right? Um, yeah. So how, do, how does that all tie in? How, where did that come from? Was it always something that you just had, it, had an interest in? Uh, or you know, maybe dive into that a little deeper for us. Sure. So it, it probably stems from bad leaders more than good leaders, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. All of us have been exposed to bad leaders. Right. Um, and, and, and I think when you see the ripple effect that bad leaders have, that they don't just affect you, but they, they leave this, this wake of destruction behind mm-hmm. them. And that affects your family and that affects your relationships. And so I began to, to recognize that this one person could have unintentionally uh, an effect on hundreds or thousands of people every day. And it was a negative effect if they weren't very intentional about the way that they were leading. And so for me, leadership became about if I can affect one person well, that can actually have a ripple effect for thousands of people and on a daily basis. So I want to help leaders understand you know, that their leadership really matters. So I was interested in it as a leader, but it also became uh, this, this passion of mine of, Hey, if we can affect one person we can affect, um, a thousand and that's where busyness really started coming in. So it was back in, in 2013, I'm with this Chick-fil-A nonprofit and I start having all of these health problems. And so I go to my doctor and I'm like, I'm having migraine headaches. I'm having heart palpitations and exhaustion. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm forgetting things constantly. What in the world is going on? And so my doctor said, well, tell me about your life. I said, well, I'm busy, right? Just like everybody else, just like yeah. every other leader I know, I'm busy, but it's a, it's a good busy. And he said, well, tell me about, you know, this good busy. And I said, oh, well, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I work 50 to 60 hours and I travel 60 days a week and I'm working on, you know, working on this doctorate that's 10 to 20 hours and three young kids and helping our church create this new leadership program and all these good, wonderful things. And so I'm busy, but it's a good busy. And yeah. my doctor, you know, 
hand on my shoulder, looked me in the eye, and he said, Garland, I'm concerned for your life. Uh, in fact, if you don't kill this busyness, it's going to kill you. And, uh, and it was the first time where I thought about, you know, this busyness that we brag about, that, you know, that all of us love to say, I'm, I'm doing good, I'm just so busy. Maybe this isn't what we think it is. Maybe this isn't as good as we think that it is. And so I ended up focusing the rest of my doctoral studies on what is busyness, what is it doing to leaders in particular, and then what's yeah. the ripple effect that that's having on their organizations. Yeah, wow, that's a powerful story. I appreciate that. And uh, thankfully, uh, the doctor, um, I don't know that they all would take the time to do that, to ask those questions and to find out what's going on and, and then maybe even have the, the uh, courage to, to say that to you, right? Your busyness is going to kill you. But, uh, you know, I, hustle and grind comes to mind when you're going through that. And that's, a, that's definitely a big uh, term or phrase that is, seems to be in, especially in the entrepreneur and in business world got to hustle yeah. more. And, you know, I think a lot of times often that can show up as busyness, right? Yeah. It's an easy one to fall into. I'm sure I fell into it myself. What are some of the resistance that you find from others when you're talking to them about this? And I also think of like, you know, finding ways to cut out certain things that you maybe don't need to do to really reprioritize your life. But, but uh, yeah, what, when you're working with other leaders, and you know they're they're very similar to probably what you are like hey this is a great busy like i'm, I'm doing a lot of great things and 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 how's that conversation go and how's that transition as you work through with people to to help them get less or unbusy i guess you'd say yeah yeah so one of the first things that i want to do with people is i want to begin deconstructing some inhibiting beliefs that keep us trapped in in busyness and there's there's an infinite number of inhibiting beliefs, but I found that the big three are, I need to be more, I need to do more, and I need to get more. So I need to be more is this idea, like I'm, busyness makes me important. It's, it yeah. makes me significant. And if I'm not busy, then who am I as a person? And so we wanna begin replacing that inhibiting beliefs with some empowering truths of who are you in spite of you know, what you accomplish and what you do. So there's, I need to be more, I need to do more is another inhibiting belief that we have to overcome of people feeling like they have to be productive 24 hours a day. And, and, and I totally get that. I, I, I understand that, that, you know, I struggled with that for so many years of if I'm awake, I should be producing something and therefore I shouldn't sleep as much either, right? right. And so- so this, I need to, to do more. And then finally, there's this inhibiting belief of I need to get more. And, and for some people, busyness is about the acquisition of stuff. You know, I'll work harder, I'll get more money. But for a lot of people, it's also the, the accumulation of experiences that they're, that they're having, that they want to add more experiences to their life, whether that's vacations or businesses that they start, you know, or projects that they're working on. But all of those experiences can overwhelm us and make us too busy. So those are the three inhibiting beliefs that I've found. I typically start with to say, Let, let's work on these because you got to get your mind deconstructed of these beliefs before you can even begin to deal with your calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Be more, do more and get more. Is that what it was? Yep. Be more, yeah. do more, get more. Yeah, that's great. Um, who are some of the championship leaders that have impacted your life? Um, yeah. And and what is it about them? Like, what are some of the characteristics from them? 
that maybe you've learned that have helped model who you are as a leader? Yeah, so I'm going to start with my mom, which may be a lame answer. Both both of my parents have I have great relationship with uh, both my parents. My mom passed away several years ago, but but my mom um, had this amazing ability to make people feel special and like they were a part of something special. And I I always remember watching her and and just really marveling at how she did such a great job of of making people feel valued and loved. And she genuinely got excited when she saw other people, kind of like, a, I mean, almost like a puppy dog does, you know, like, like yeah. genuinely excited yeah. to see somebody. Um, so I think that was something that I, that I learned uh, significantly from her. And then my, my high school principal had a profound impact on my life. I went to a pretty small school um, and he was a person who cared equally about relationships and results. He had a very big vision of where he wanted to take the school and he was pushing very hard to get there, but he frequently took time to wrap his arm around me, to tell me, hey, to ask how I was doing. So he had a really profound impact uh, on me. Um, and then, then finally, I had a, a boss named Phil uh, while I was at Chick-fil-A. I had several, several bosses during that time but Phil is a person who really invested in my dreams. And he said, oh, I, you know, I'm, I hear that you want to earn a doctorate. I want to help make that happen in your life. So he invested in my personal dreams and then just pushed me really hard in the professional side of things as well. He had very high expectations, um, but, but a whole lot of, of love that came at the same time. So that combination of those two things of highly results oriented and highly relational have all really shaped my view of championship leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's always fun to hear, you know, the, the people and, and uh, that have impacted the guests that come through here and also just, you know, what is it about them? It's always, it's always something a little bit different that the people take from, from their journey and the relationships that they have that have impacted them. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. What's, um, what is, what's the vision for you? And, and, uh, you know, you get, you have the book, you have the programs of consulting, you get another book coming out. What's, you know, vision. Yeah. Championship leaders have great vision, courage to take action on that, but also, you know, vision and impact that you want to make. Yeah. So um, this kind of our BHAG as a company is by 2030 that we're going to influence um, half a million people who will take their next step in purpose, productivity, and peace. So everything we do is about purpose, know your, which is knowing your why, productivity, doing your why, and peace is resting in your why. So we want to impact half a million people who take their next step. For some people, that'll be taking the next step of, of getting unbusy. For some people, that'll be around um, taking the next step in their productivity journey where they begin to get more accomplished in less time and with less stress. Um, for some people, that'll be related to our, our next book that's coming out, which is about the seven traits that solve about 95% of the leadership problems that we've seen in the last uh, 20 years. And my wife and I are co-writing that book. So so our focus is really on help people take the next practical step that helps them move toward purpose, productivity, and peace. Is there a way that you are tracking that so that you can know that you hit the, the half million mark? Yeah, so the easiest way to track it, we haven't developed super complex, but the easiest way for us to track that is by number of people who have signed up uh, on our email list, because in okay. order to get there, you've either got to take an assessment or you've got to buy a product or, you know, read the book and register for it. So that's, that's the first way that we're kind of the baseline way. And then we'll build out more ways of, of measuring depth in the years yeah. to come. 
Absolutely. What is, if we, if you could think of like a, a critical moment is how I like to say a defining moment, turning point in your life, kind of that fork in the road where obviously you've made the decision that you have, which has you where you are today, but had you made a different decision in that moment, you know, you'd be in a very different place in life, especially now, 2020, everything that's going on, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of listeners, entrepreneurs, business owners are, are in that moment right now. And it's, it's always a, you know, it's, you're not sure which way to go because you don't know what's going to exactly how it's going to unfold. Right. So you got to have some faith in, in you and in the direction you want to go. Is there a moment that pops up to your mind that you could share with the listeners uh, as I ask that question? Yeah. So when I think about a moment that really had a, a big pivot in our life, um, um, it was in uh, 2016. My, my wife and I were uh, living in Texas with our three kids. I was working at a job where I loved the people who I was with and we loved our community, but I didn't love the job that I was doing. And I had been researching and I had just finished uh, the book. So I guess it was actually 2017, had just finished um, uh, right, getting my dissertation done and, and everything. And so I was presented with this opportunity of, do you want to write a book? And here's the time it's going to cost. Here's the money that it's going to cost. Here's the effort that it's going to cost. And I remember sitting down with my wife and saying, hey, this is, this is what it's going to take. Do we want to do this? And, and saying yes to taking that risk of, of doing it. And it was, I mean, we didn't have any money. It was going to wipe us out at the time. <laughs> and, um, and yet knowing this is the best decision for us. And, um, and so we took a risk and... Uh, it took two years almost to finish that book. We moved yeah. in the process of that, changed jobs, started our company, right? All these other things that happened in the midst of of writing that book. But yeah, for me, it was believing in myself, believing in my wife, believing in our family, and believing that we had a big enough vision to make it worth it um, was a huge turning point for us. Yeah, that's that's great. What, um, so the book came out in 2017, is that right? No, started writing in, in 2017, book came out writing? in, in okay. August of 2019. Okay, yeah, quite the process to go through that. Did you uh, self-publish it or was this uh, through a publisher? Yeah, so I did it through a publisher that's a hybrid publisher called okay. Author Academy Elite. And by the way, if you're thinking, I get no commissions off this. If you're thinking yeah. about writing a book out there, check out Author Academy Elite. It's an amazing program. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a hybrid model that essentially lets you um, publish your book and own your book, but you've got all the support of editors and, and people who are helping you do that. So it was a great model for me. Yeah, great. Thank you. What, um, where, can we, when, where can we get a hold of your book? Yeah, so you can go to Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, Books a Million, any place that sells books can do that. Or um, if you want to, you can go to the books website, which is no G at the end, a South, so we don't pronounce G's at the end of words. So get unbusybook.com uh, and you can actually take a busyness assessment there and download six free chapters so that you out, hey, is this a book that I want to invest time and money into? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, as we start to wrap this up, what, what would be one or two things that, uh, you know, if, if the listeners were to implement today, it would help them move their life forward today, what would that be? Yeah, so I would say one of the first things that you want to do, if you're beginning to realize that you are super busy, 
you want to um, change a bad habit. And the bad habit is what I call defaulting to yes and defending your no. So defaulting to yes means when somebody asks you to do something, you automatically say yes. Yeah. And if you can't do it, you start defending it. Like, oh, so sorry, I can't do it. Right, and right. Yeah. So if you begin to switch that and you default to no, your default mentality is, nope, I'm not going to do this um, unless you can prove to me that it's worth it. And then you, your yes becomes a little bit slower, becomes a little bit more careful. But when you say yes to something, you're genuinely and wholeheartedly committed to it. Yeah, I love that because, you know, I, I think as people, we just want to, we do, we want to help people out, right? We want to yeah. please others. And, and so we want to say yes to everything. And when we can't, we feel really bad about it. Like you say, you go into that explanation mode, but uh, yeah, it's something that I continue to work on saying no more, right? So yeah, yeah I love it. Thank you. Um, real quick, as we start to wrap this up, what would be uh, a few, obviously we got the, the website for the book, but some other ways that we could follow you and, and uh, what you're up to on social media as well and get a hold of you if they, if they would like to reach out. Sure. Yeah. So on social media, I'm most active on LinkedIn. And so that's typically the best way I'm on Facebook and, and Twitter, but I'm really on LinkedIn uh, most of the time uh, since most of the people I'm interacting with are going to be in the, that professional space. So definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn or uh, you can just email me directly. So it's Garland, G-A-R-L-A-N-D at advanceleadership.live. And um, I'd love to connect with you and talk about how we can help you uh, get unbusy. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll, yeah, we'll get that all in the show notes. If you're listening now, you can, you can get that if you're driving or whatever. Uh, don't look that up now. But, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, we'll get that all linked up. And I really appreciate you taking some time today, Garland. It's been, been awesome to connect. And, and uh, thank you so much. Have a great day. Hey, thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, babe.